Welcome to episode 20 of the Balance Series bonus content of the Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. Today, we will be discussing hiring help for your business versus doing everything yourself. When do you need additional support and when should you stay completely in charge of your business? What value comes from collaborating and from retaining control? How can you balance both of these opposite approaches to the benefit of your organization? I've worked on both sides of this equation, many of the roles that we've discussed today. So let's talk about it. This long-form, audio-only podcast is posted on the last Monday of each month as an opportunity to dive deep into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seems to be contradictory viewpoints in business and life. More than just work-life balance, we examine a variety of this or that scenarios. Let's get started. How do we balance hiring help versus doing it yourself? We're talking about hiring help or outsourcing or doing it yourself, keeping it in-house. Now, the pros and cons to both, starting with the pros of hiring help or outsourcing. When you outsource help, you get full-time professionals who have the latest tools, information, and resources to make the most well-informed decisions about your business. There's value in that for sure. The con, though, to outsourcing is the same professionals lack the inside baseball knowledge of your business. The best they can do is identify potential and work with an internal team to make that happen. Now, when it comes to doing it yourself or keeping it in-house, there are also pros and cons as well. The pro is that you have a solid, deep understanding of the business, brand, and industry because that's what you do all day, every day. But the cons of doing things in-house is that every one of your employees, including the owners and leaders, are industry-focused and not studying best practices industry-wide or cross-industry. So there's a limitation or a con to keeping things in-house. Should you collaborate with a third-party vendor, agency, or freelancer, or stick to an in-house approach? First, let's talk about collaborating with vendors, agencies, and freelancers. Right at the top with vendors. Of course, they have specializations, things that they can help you do in a big way. Often this is accounting, legal, HR, and recruiting Sometimes people hire vendors that are marketing, product development, or something called rent a C-suite, rent a CEO, COO, CMO, CTO, etc. So obviously, accounting are something that are complicated and needs to be done correctly. There's a lot of school, a lot of specialization that goes into that. There's a reason that a lot of accounting is hired vendor-wise. Same thing, your lawyer, your legal team, there's no reason to have those things in-house until your business is extremely large or extremely dependent on legal guidance. So hiring a lawyer, hiring a legal team is very much a vendor-specific hire. Uh, Often HR and recruiting is also hired on a vendor level as well because, again, they have specialization. They also have tools. They have expertise. They also understand the law or the legalities that come with hiring and HR issues. Now, when it comes to hiring marketing vendors, and as a marketing vendor myself, who's someone who's worked in this space a long time, I kind of have a 50-50 evaluation of this process. There are good things that come with hiring out your marketing, much like I discussed in the opening segment 
the pros and cons of in-house versus hiring out. And I see great value in both sides of those pros and cons. In hiring out a vendor, when you hire a third-party vendor for your marketing, you are bringing additional tools, additional expertise, additional members of the marketing team to your business. But you're giving up some insider baseball type information, people who really live and breathe the brand and have insights into how the day-to-day operations run, the feedback that you're getting from the street, if you will, is lost when you hire marketing on a th- as a third-party vendor. So even though I've been a third-party vendor and I've been successful and offered value in that role for my partner's clients, I've also been an in-house person who was frustrated and aggravated by the advice and guidance given by third-party marketing vendors because they were often focused mostly on what the client needed, but also were looking to create potentially eye-catching business for themselves. They were looking to create creative for themselves. They were looking to create opportunities for them to build on the media side as well. So there's a good reason and not so good reasons to hire marketing as a collaborative vendor. And I find that to be 50-50. It's very situational, what your business is, what you need, the team that you can build yourself internally. And if you really do need that outside experience or expertise, I would say you probably start with an in-house team and eventually hire third-party marketing vendors to expand or to get you into new markets or to make a major change within the marketing of the business itself. You can hire product development as a vendor as well. You can hire companies that will do your product development for you. Unlike the marketing 50-50 equation I have, I feel 75-25 that you should not do this. You really need to consider product development, service development, how you, how you scale your, what it is you do, how you improve your widget or add additional variations of it really needs to be done in-house as much as possible because, again, you understand the process. So much that you learn in the product development process can be returned into all your decision-making throughout the business. That's why it's highly valuable to keep that in-house. But there are times, there are businesses, there are situations where you do need someone else who has great deal of expertise, typically in technology. Often it's being able to take your product development process and then put it with different types of equipment, machinery, other types of technology, et cetera, software and and the like, in order to supercharge your product development or take it to a level that you absolutely just could not do internally Or the investment, if you were to make the investment in the actual piece of equipment internally, would be so cumbersome and costly that you couldn't do it. So it's not very often that I recommend outsourcing product development unless you need to make a major leap in the technology behind it. And finally, renting a CEO, CEO, et cetera. It's a new phenomenon. Again, something that I've been asked to do a few times. And by using the term rent, really meaning a temporary CEO or CTO, someone who comes in with a great deal of expertise, makes a lot of top level decisions about things that are backed up by their experience and expertise that move the company. Again, if you're going to move the company in big ways, if you need to make a major reaction to the market or you have an investment or something that you need to go 
big and go fast by renting a CEO, COO, CMO, CTO, etc. You can make that big move without being tied down to that individual, is whether they're part of your corporate culture or going to be someone who has to that goes along with you in the long term. It also is much faster. Obviously, if you're going to hire someone who's going to be permanently a member of your C-suite, it's a slower process because you want to get the right individual, not just for the experience and knowledge, but also their contributions to your corporate culture to be in a team member as well. Whereas someone that you're renting or using temporarily, they know it's temporary and you know it's temporary as well. You can be less rigid on their personality and you can be more focused on the skills and expertise they bring to the conversation. Now, other conversations about those are though the examples I just gave you are big vendor relationships. You can also have some small vendor relationships that are, are cumbersome, time consuming, or just simply tasks that most people don't necessarily want to do in an in-house scenario. A great example of that is janitorial cleaning your business. There's also delivery, fulfillment, and security. These are these are things that aren't necessarily hard to do, but are time consuming and probably more of the less glamorous aspects of your business, but you can easily bring a vendor in for that process. And one of the pros to working with vendors is they have processes in place. They can actually coach you through how it should work when you hire a lawyer, when you hire an accountant, et cetera. They won't depend on you for how you like to do things. They'll tell you how they like to do things and to bring you up to their level to elevate your process to their process, which they've refined over a great deal of time. So the, that's one of the definite pros of hiring a vendor as your third-party collaborator. But the negatives, of course, is cost. When you hire vendors, when you hire complete businesses that are set up structurally and organized to do the thing you need them to do, to be your legal team, to be your accounting team, to be your HR department, there is a lot of cost involved. This is your most expensive option. You, but you do get what you pay for. The more you pay for something, the more expectation you can have, the higher expectation you can have on the quality of service that they can deliver. You have to balance cost versus value. What does it free up for you in your schedule and logistics? What expertise do they bring, etc.? But you also can consider, especially on those big vendor relationships, legal, accounting, HR, they can help you avoid very, very costly mistakes. So they may not make money for you, but they can definitely help you save money by not making costly mistakes. Also not getting yourself into legal or litigation trouble because they help guide you around and away from those things. They help you avoid those things which are expensive and time-consuming. And as a bonus, if you do still get into legal trouble, trouble with the IRS, uh, et cetera, your your accounting firm, your legal firm, any of these top professional vendors that you hire will defend you against those troubles. So if you do make a costly mistake, if you get into legal trouble, if you get involved in litigation, you will have a partner who has already essentially been paid to defend you through that process because they're part of the process and it is their specialization. So they'll defend you against mistakes that may be theirs or maybe yours. Now you can work with agencies, other businesses that are again specific. They bring a lot of expertise, a lot of skills, and etc. to an organization. 
agencies are a little bit more focused and a little bit more specialized. Often, again, you would think agencies as marketing, advertising, public relations, or other specific skills, social media as well. You rent a team of experts, which allows you to extend your in-house team, allows you to go big or go fast or do both without or interrupting your day-to-day operations of your in-house team. It allows you to break your patterns as well. These are people who bring you new ideas, fresh ideas, and best practices that you may not be focused on because they have high specialization. And if you're lucky, if you have the right relationship with the right agency vendor, they'll tell you hard truths. They'll explain things to you that your in-house staff may not be comfortable doing because of ego, because of personalities, or something else. But again, there is cost involved. And if one of the things to focus on the cost with hiring an agency or securing an agency is often it's a major commitment. It's a long-term deal, typically not a month-to-month, definitely absolutely not a week-to-week scenario. You have to sign agreements, contracts, retainers, etc. So think about your budget, team, time, effort, attention, and money. These are the things that you'll spend on hiring an agency, but you get their expertise and the ability to expand your team exponentially for a short period of time, although there's a commitment, but that period of time, you can go fast, you can go big, or you can do both. Anytime you do all of those things, you're going to have to spend money. Now, a little bit less costly option is to hire freelancers. They could supplement and support your internal team. It frees up your team to do other things that maybe have higher impact or more important or things that need to be fixed because they're costing you money or they're inefficient. They can also, like agencies and, uh, and outside vendors, give you a fresh perspective. But freelancers have less internal processes than agencies and vendors, so they still need direction, communication to be effective. And there is a cost involved, just less cost. So again, balance cost versus impact versus value that's provided. The second half of that conversation, though, is if you keep things in-house, if you have employees do all of the things we just discussed, these individuals live the mission of the business every day. They know the information. They have that inside baseball view better than anyone else. They are building a corporate culture, not just doing jobs, but building your corporate culture. They are ingrained in it. They understand your position. They also can grow from within. You can develop people with a small skill set into people with big skill set, and they will have commitment and loyalty to you if you grow from within. You can develop subject matter experts, not just in accounting and marketing and HR, in production, in product development, but experts in how you run your business, how your business will benefit and how your business is positioned. So they're experts in their roles, but also experts in how it benefits the business and how your business competes within the market. In-house individuals, employees, full-time employees are focused. They do the job every day. That's what they get paid to do. They come in every day to do that. But they can also become too focused or often described as too close to a a project, to a problem. Often, the easiest answer, answer isn't obvious to a person who works on it every single day because their mind is working around it because they assume certain things because it's what they do on a regular basis. They think they know everything and they've asked themselves the questions properly where that outside vendor might ask you some questions. No question, no, no, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Sometimes dumb questions 
can be very insightful to how did the internal team miss this very obvious choice from the beginning? It's because they're too focused and too close to that problem. And in order for your internal in-house team to actually work properly, you must invest in them. You have to do additional training, continuing education, and a lot of internal communication. But the balance to that, sometimes it's not about cost, about paying for things, but it's being honest, open, involving them in the process, empowering them, which means a a lessening of control from the top as the owner of the as the C-suite is, the, the leadership team as the decision makers. So you have to invest these things, whether it's time, money, effort, attention, or the ability to let other people be part of the decision-making process when you keep all of these processes internal. So if you're trying to grow your business, can you grow that business with only employees, full-time internal in-house employees, or will you need outside vendor contributions? If you're going to do this with only employees, with keeping things completely in-house, this is a very traditional approach. This is what people would typically would refer to as business structure, but it is slow and steady. If slow and steady is your approach, if that's what you think will work best, if that's what's necessary for you and your business, then keeping internal employees only, or as much of the onus on internal employees as possible, is the approach for you. If you're willing to go slow and steady and have a very traditional business model in a very traditional industry, if you're trying to disrupt, if you're trying to go fast, if you have to gain market share immediately, if you're going big because you have an investment or a new piece of technology information, et cetera, it's going to be hard to do that within employees only. And you'll often need third-party outside supplement. This, the limits that we mentioned earlier about the pros and cons of hiring employees only versus not using third parties apply as well. Now, you can also keep your internal team extremely small, maybe even just you as a sole proprietor or the entrepreneur or the single owner or a very small ownership group and hire everything else third party. This is often happens with technology companies that hire programmers or coders or people who build the piece of technology that you just manage the sales process or distribution process. So those things do happen. You can create business models that are only hiring third-party contract, agency, freelancers, et cetera, and keeping your internal staff extremely small and extremely tight. You can hire out all that big stuff, often very much based on technology or extreme expertise in a certain area. Creates flexibility for you because you have lower internal cost. You can enter and end the agreements with your third-party vendors at various times with various capabilities. You don't have to keep someone employed who has finished their job or gotten you to the point where you need, as opposed to having a full-time employee. But it keeps all of the effort on you squarely, even the smallest details, unlocking the door in the morning, turning the coffee pot on, taking the trash out, all falls on you as the owner, the entrepreneur, the CEO, the lead person in charge. If you have an extremely small team and the majority of your work is third-party or outsourced. This does happen. It's typically a technology-based company because technology outsourcing is easy to do. Again, there is time, money, effort, and attention that needs to be paid to that. 
and outsourcing gives control of the process to someone else. So even though you have the flexibility of a smaller internal team, you're not paying people to sit and wait for the technology to be developed, you're also typically not in control of the technology team because it's a third-party outsource. And when we're talking about technology, often that's offshore. So these are things you have to consider as well. If you're keeping things in-house, you can essentially earn yourself sweat equity or create value for yourself by doing everything yourself. But the opportunity for you to burn yourself out, to overwork yourself, to lose interest, lose passion, lose drive because you have burnt yourself out because you have to do every single thing in the business that's not outsourced. The outsourcing costs money. The potential for you to fall short, to burn out, to not complete, or to get bogged down in the process with your third-party vendors goes way up. So the combination of internal staff and external vendors that have those types of expertise, that bring different types of technology, that bring different processes and systems that can guide you through and even provide you protection, legal or otherwise, once things are in operations, is often the balance that you should be looking for. The idea of having a business that runs solely 100% on internal employees is getting more and more rare these days because the opportunities to bring in expertise at such value with flexibility, with a limited scope so that you can only pay them for what you need from them and then let them move on to something else so that you don't have to constantly hire and fire, churn through your internal staff, et cetera, but in fact do a better job by building corporate culture with a smaller team, with a tighter team, with a more focus, letting those people focus on the important things and let the minutia work be outsourced when that, that combination is much more likely to happen in modern society. It's a much more 2022 business model in 2023 and 2024 business model as opposed to traditional employees only. So there definitely are places there where you can find balance depending on your market, your industry, what your business is based on. If your business is based on technology, the likelihood of third-party vendors is very high. But if your business is based on customer service, or a specific piece of technology that you have developed in-house, a specific process, and it's based on relational selling. If building relationships is the highest aspect of your selling process, you more than likely keep a majority of your processes internal. You still have the opportunity to outsource the big items, such as accounting, legal, even marketing and product development. So how do we find the balance here? Like that said earlier in the beginning of the conversation, I have been on both sides of this equation in my career. I have been a third-party vendor. I have owned an agency. I have been a CMO and a COO for hire. I've been a collaborative partner. I have invested my time and money in startups. I've been in every role in this situation. I've also, as a business owner, hired third-party vendors, hired freelancers, hired agencies, et cetera, to do certain things and play certain roles. And I've been in the mix managing these things for other clients as well. So I've been on every side of this equation in my career. My advice for you is the best strategy is to work with third-party professionals when it comes to creating plans, specialized assets, measurements. They're often much more objective 
when creating measurements, setting goals, objectives, creating measurements, etc., strategy often comes better from third-party vendors because, again, they aren't thinking about the internal processes. They aren't thinking about if they're making their own personal job harder or adding additional duties or expectations to themselves because as the third-party vendor, they're going to give you these tools and then let you execute. Often, internal processes can get bogged down and people making decisions based on what's best for them and not what's best for the business. So third-party professionals are better at creating plans, crafting strategies, setting goals and objectives, specialized assets, and the measurements and training for the internal employees to execute. So third-party creating plans, strategy, some specialized assets, definitely defining measurement, define success, what is what success will look like before you start, and then using training, education, and implementation through internal employees to execute because business models, marketing plans, go-to-market, all of these things are not something that happens in single days, single weeks, single months. It's an ongoing process and most likely an ongoing process that needs regular adjustments, updates, additions, etc. That is better managed by internal employees, people who do it every day, who are invested in it, who are learning those mistakes or the things that need to be adjusted, changed, etc. in the process can communicate that internally, educate leadership, educate the C-suite, which will then then combine what they learn and do with their internal employees with what they hire the external third-party vendors for in order for everyone to be informed on the best way to make adjustments in order to move forward because that is what business is, is continual adjustment of what the market is providing you. Also, when you hire third-party vendors, you need to make sure if you're going to be successful, if you're going to be at the highest level of success, Utilizing third-party vendors, whether it's 10% or 90% of your business, need to schedule regular meetings with your third-party professionals to assess what's working and what's not. Again, you as the owner, as the business decision makers, are bringing information to them, asking for their input and opinion, and then combining the information they give back to you, back to your internal team to move you forward. Use the expertise of your outsourced pros but the connection of your internal employees are more, is more important. So combine these two things. Combine the strengths. Combine the pros and cons that we started with in order to take the most advantage from external process, from expertise of your outsourced pros, but the internal connection, the internal subject matter expertise, and the buy-in of your internal employees to it provides you with the best decision-making process because you have the most information from the right people that isn't being assumed and is being double-checked, compared against best practices, compared against the competition, and compared against market conditions. If you can do all of those things together, the likelihood of a successful business in 2022-2023 moving forward goes way up. The balance is how to take the pros and cons from internal and external sources, minimize the cons, and utilize pros. Amplify the strengths, minimize the weakness, combine together, and then as your job as the leadership team, as the decision makers, as the C-suite, is to balance and manage as you move forward.
Thanks for listening to the Professional Balance bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle podcast. I'll be back next month with a new topic, new podcast every Saturday with hustle and motivation advice from the office while your competition is sleeping. Please subscribe, leave a review, and make a comment on social media about what balance issues you would like to hear discussed on this bonus series. Thank you. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle. Wake up and keep chasing your dreams.